there and welcome to Unleash Your Creative Magic. It's absolutely amazing to have you here. I'm your host Helen Pfeiffer, a published writer of 17 crime novels, both traditionally and indie published. And I'm here to talk to you about the magic of writing, unleashing your creativity and how to set yourself free from being stuck inside the writer's closet. I'd like to share my journey with you from that initial idea for a book to where I am now and all the very messy stuff in between, the highs, the lows, and the fuck me, this is impossible moments. I hope that somewhere along the way, this podcast might be of some use to you. You might even find some inspiration lurking in here. So grab yourself a coffee and come and join me on the writer's couch as we dive right into living your best creative life. Hello and welcome back to episode 23 of Unleash Your Creative Magic. So what's happening in my world this week? You won't be surprised to hear I'm falling a little behind with my word count. Um, It was bound to happen sooner or later, but I've had a really busy week. I've taken part in an author takeover on, on a lovely Facebook group for a day and I've had two new tattoos and my back is a bit sore after lifting my son the other night. So I'm having to pop painkillers to ease the pain. My total word count is currently 37,547 words, leaving me needing to write around 12,000 words a week to make it to my deadline without any added stress. Is this doable? Hopefully if my back gets better, I'm struggling a little at the moment to sit or stand for long periods, which is definitely what I don't need at the moment. So I'm currently researching forensic anthropology, which is a fascinating subject because in this story I have a woman abducted on the same day as Morgan and Co. find some skeletal remains in the woods. I do like to complicate Morgan's police investigations and at the same time baffle my brains. So I mentioned a couple of weeks ago about trying to collate the figures for my book sales since The Ghost House was first published in October 2013. God, I love that book. I don't think I've ever really sat down and appreciated just how much I love it. That story inspired me to pick up a pen and write, and now I'm on book 20. I finally heard back from my editor at HarperCollins, and those sales figures, combined with my current publisher's Bookature's figures, are an astounding, well, they're absolutely astounding to me, considering I said I'd be happy if 10 people read my first book. So, I'll have a drum roll, please. They are an astounding 499,401 copies sold. That's almost half a million books, which I'm so proud of. I never imagined those kinds of figures when I first started writing. And it's proof that if I can do it, then so can you. There's absolutely no doubt about it. In fact, your book might be one of those that sells a millions for your debut. Other writers have done it, so there's no reason that it can't be you. But to be fair... You should be very proud of the fact that you're writing a book in the first place. I never envisaged people actually buying my books. I was so in love with the writing process and I was just thrilled to be able to do something I love. So the book sales are a lovely, lovely bonus. And after all, no matter how scared you are maybe of people reading something, you're putting all the hard work into it. So you've got to have some kind of payoff. And despite all the years of discussions about whether books are or aren't selling and the ebook versus the paperback debate, in my humble opinion, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what platform your book is published on, whether it's an ebook or a paperback, 
or an audio book, or even better if it's all three. But a book is a book. Whether you can read it on your phone like I read the majority of mine, or you can hold a copy in your hands, or listen to it in the car. If it's out there for people to buy and to read, that's the whole point of it, isn't it? If your precious story is being read by actual people, readers who you haven't had to beg, blackmail or force to read, then you're truly onto a winner. And this got me thinking about debut novels that have sold over a million copies. And granted, some of these were in the first six months and have been published for years. But it can give you some idea that it does happen. And we all know about the amazing success J.K. Rowling had with Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. And to date, that has sold 107 million copies, which is just phenomenal. My favourite book, Where the Crawdads Sing, the debut novel by Delia Owens, a retired marine biologist, has sold over 10 million copies. And some articles stated it was 7 million since it was published in 2018. I bet Delia wasn't expecting that one, bless her. Obviously, the book being picked for Reese Witherspoon's book club must have helped a lot. But it is a wonderful story and it's so lovely to see it getting the recognition it deserves. Who else has had an amazing debut? Oh, Richard Osman, he had an outstanding debut. The Thursday Murder Club spent an astounding 40 weeks at number one, which is brilliant and what a writer's dreams are made of. And I do kind of think that Richard, being a television presenter, has had a bit of a helping hand in the publicity side of it. And I haven't read the book yet, but I do have it by my desk, ready to go when I get a moment. So from one extreme to the other, Delia was a relatively unknown debut author, and Richard is a celebrity author, both who have had massive successes, which can only help fuel our faith in the whole process. And it's proof that people still love reading, in case you're wondering. And let's face it, last year was a total wipeout all around. The pandemic changed our way of life for the foreseeable future and quite possibly forever, which is a really scary thought. But the good news is that book sales were on the rise and surpassed 200 million sales in 2020. When we couldn't leave our homes, see our loved ones and enjoy our freedom, books were there. They're a massive help in keeping our minds busy and taking us away from the real life terror and sadness that we were feeling. How wonderful is it to think that you're writing stories that can do that? Your words can transport your readers to a different world, a life, a different country, even a different planet, and give them some much-needed escapism from the life they're living at the moment. Last week I covered the different editing processes, but did you notice I forgot one? I didn't until I played the episode back, just before I hit the publish button. No prizes for guessing which one I didn't mention. Proofreading. Your proofread is the final part of the whole process. It's where you get to read your edited, polished and hopefully pretty perfect manuscript and realise that you are indeed a badass because you wrote a freaking book for God's sake. That's no mean feat and if you're at this stage then crack open a bottle of something, be it fizzy pop or champagne, you need to celebrate this huge achievement. And I think you're probably all well aware of the proofreading process When we were at school, we proofread our work, or we were supposed to. I'm not sure that I actually did a very good job of it back then. And I'm also not that hot at proofreading my own stories now. And do you know why that is? I think it's because by the time the manuscript has reached this stage, I have written and rewritten, done various rounds of edits, 
And to be honest, I'm quite frankly sick to the teeth of the story and I just want it to be signed off. I think it's relatively easy for us writers to skim read the proofread when we should really be paying attention, or is this just me? It might be. And if you're shit hot at proofreading, then I salute you. Congratulations. But the truth is, whether you're going to publish the story with a publisher or indie publish, you need to give it that one final read-through. And if you are as rubbish as me, find someone you can trust to do the read-through for you. Paul, if you're listening, you are my lifesaver. Should I tell you a horror story about proofreading? I bet you can't believe how many cock-ups and horror stories I have about my writing journey, but I'm sharing them in the hope that it will help you not to make the same mistakes. And do you know why? Because I want you to succeed. I want you to write that book. I want you to finish that book. And I want you to know how good it feels to persevere and battle on when you think you can't do it. I want you to know how delicious and satisfying it is when you eventually type those two magical words the end and sit back and whisper to yourself, holy shit, I actually wrote a book. So there, do it for me, so I can tell you how proud I am of you. And I'm not mentioning any names, but Mrs T, if you're listening, I'm waiting patiently to read yours when it's ready. So going back to my little tale of war, I'll tell you what happened to me. My first book was out there, for the whole world to read, and was doing really well, apart from the odd review commenting on punctuation, which I didn't think at the time was much of a biggie. Then out came my second book, and if I didn't do a very good job of proofreading the first one, the second was a disaster. A few reviews came in that were pretty crap, and they both mentioned the punctuation. I had to stop myself and go back and check the mistakes that they had pointed out. Lo and behold, they were there, and they were pretty stupid mistakes but I've already said I'm not very good at proofreading. In a panic, I was so embarrassed. I emailed my editor Lucy and I think I put urgent in the heading and I told her that there were stupid mistakes and asked her if it had not been proofread. She got back to me saying that they didn't do a final proofread. That was down to the author. Now, I had no idea about this, that when they sent the manuscript back to me for a final read-through, I was under the impression an actual proofreader had been through it Panic alarms were ringing and I had the sinking feeling that I was totally fucked. I emailed her back and said, I was mortified that I didn't know this. No one had actually told me there would be no professional read-through. I told her that I was really crap at it and bless her, she went straight to speak to someone and the next email I got whilst having palpitations was one telling me that the book had been taken down off all the retail sites whilst it was being proofread and that it would be back up in a couple of hours. Phew! The relief was unbelievable. I let out the biggest sigh of relief and I think I probably cried into my coffee cup. Lesson learned. If you're working with a publisher, make sure you find out if your final manuscript is going to be professionally proofread. I was very fortunate. Lucy had emailed me back to tell me that the book had been checked, the errors rectified and it was now back up on retail sites for readers. She even told me that from this day forward, the rest of my books would be proofread at their end. And I was so thankful to her, but it did teach me a valuable lesson, not to take everything for granted. It doesn't hurt to double check with your publisher what the process to get your book ready for publication involves. When I moved publishers to the fabulous Bookature, I asked straight away if they would be proofreading the book. And I can tell you I was mightily relieved when the answer was absolutely of course. So, 
I've sent my copy edits back and in a couple of weeks I'll get it back again from the proofreader who will have been through my manuscript and picked up all of the errors and made comments about them, no doubt. I get the chance to rectify any glaring mistakes that have been missed out through all the previous round of edits and if you don't believe that can happen, I promise you it can. It doesn't matter how many times you've read through your work, you will still have that sneaky typo that thinks it knows better than you and will work its way into the middle of your book when you're least expecting it. Ready for Susan to find so she can leave you a really crappy review, slating your story and how it should have been proofread. And this, my lovely friends, is a writer's life. It's like an induction into a frat house, those first reviews that come in and are a one star that tells the whole of Amazon they have no idea why they carried on reading this pile of trash with two typos in it. Oh dear, that makes me sound bitter and twisted. And I'm not really, I promise. It was just another harsh lesson for me to learn in this long, twisting writing road. And hopefully your journey to publication and beyond might not be so complicated, especially if you're listening to these podcasts. I'm hoping they're going to inspire you to keep writing and make less of the mistakes that I've made. So it goes without saying, whatever you're doing, take care, keep writing and let me know how you're getting on because I'm desperate to read your stories. If you'd like to check out my credentials to see if I know what I'm talking about, then head over to my Amazon page. And if you'd like to join a community of like-minded creatives, then head over to the Unleash Your Creative Magic Facebook group paste the links in the show notes thank you so much for listening i honestly can't wait to speak to you in the next episode where i'll dive into the process of how i wrote my first book until next time take care